Alright legends, welcome back dude to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. Bit of a bonus episode situation on here. Last week of the podcast for 2023 and I got a big Christmas episode coming on Thursday so wasn't 100% sure if I would be able to fit in some chat regarding the enormous UFC event coming up this weekend, UFC 296. So thought I'd just do a bit of a bonus situation. This is for anyone looking to improve their financial situation coming into Christmas. This is for anyone whose children have asked for a PS5 and you're thinking, I don't know if I can really afford that. Okay, my inbox traditionally, I know this is, at least Apple and Spotify say it is a comedy podcast, quote unquote, but most of the DMs I receive are from young men and women across Australia saying, Bill, I love to laugh, but I'm worried that I won't be able to own property. I'm worried that I won't achieve the financial freedom I crave. I'm worried that I will never own a portfolio of South Coast homes just like yourself, mate. How can I achieve the lofty financial heights you yourself have already got to? And that's exactly what today's episode is for. This is a young investors meeting for anyone with high hopes, big dreams, and not much in their wallet. We're here to make cash. We're here to make dreams come true. And that brings us to UFC 296 this weekend. It's honestly not the best betting card, to be honest. <laughs> but but I wanted to talk about it anyway. So there's some tips of varying quality coming in hot. Luckily for me, I have the years to back it up, the experience. You know, it's like David Warner's, they're saying drop him for the test team. He's a test legend, yeah? Look at his record. Look what he's done. He's earned those credit points. And that's similar with me and my UFC tips. So... Here we go. For any young investors out there looking for a bit of extra scratch coming into Christmas, I have the answers you seek. So the first, the main event is a big one. Leon Barry Boring from Birmingham, Edwards versus America's champ, Colby Covington. Now, while Colby is America's champ, it should be noted that he is not the UFC's champ currently. He is challenging Leon for the welterweight strap. The thing with me is I take on the political identity of the fighters I'm going for. Last week, I was cheering on Chinese national Song Yudong in the main event. During that fight, I will openly and candidly admit that I hated the West. I could not stand the West and their democratic ways. It made me sick, okay? You put 50 bucks down on a Chinese fella via knockout, you will start to fucking hate the West so quickly, dude. And I was luckily for me, I was able to snap back out of it when I remembered that I wasn't, in fact, in a Chinese arena. I was in a beer garden in Marrickville. So you don't want to get too into it. But at the same time, I am on America's champ here. I love freedom. I've been pretty clear about that in the past. Colby Covington is Donald Trump's favorite fighter, which is a title that many would hold far, far above the actual UFC title. So you could argue he's already won going in. And I should come clean that I am a Leon Edwards hater as well. There's only really a few blokes on this planet where I'm just a hater. Like later on, I'm going to talk about how much I hate Paddy Pimlet and Ian Gary. 
But I would argue that I have a myriad of reasons for that hate and it's justified. Leon Edwards is one of the few people on planet Earth where I am just a genuine Woolworth Select hater for absolutely no reason. The bloke, he's a pretty electric striker. You know, Jamaican from Birmingham. That's a pretty potent mix. I think we could all agree. He's just so crap on the mic. My Lord. He is just the least dynamic fighter out of the octagon I've ever seen. What is the UFC about? It's mostly about drama and storylines. I will admit that watching Leon Edwards throw Calvin Cater elbows at pads is pretty electric. But as soon as he starts talking, it is just... Do you know what I mean? This is show business, and I think a lot of people forget the business part, if you catch what I'm saying. So I just find Leon a little bit boring. Also, one day it was raining at the old house, and Leon Edwards was fighting Bilal Muhammad in the main event, and he poked Bilal Muhammad in the eye, like literally inside his eyeball, and the fight was a no contest. Leon is a regular cheater. He grabbed the fence about 37 times against Kamara Usman, and... Yeah, so for those reasons, I don't like him. And from what I can tell, he's one of the greatest men on the planet. He seems absolutely lovely. But for whatever reason, he hasn't resonated with me, the main character of my little world here. And I will be going for Colby Covington. I don't know, dude. Colby Covington, I could see, I could see him losing. He's the underdog for a reason. This is a very hard one to tip. Colby Covington, I could see this going the distance. Colby win by points. Just pressure, pressure, pressure. A lot of wrestling. Good, good, hard, old-fashioned American wrestling. Okay, that's wrestling with a bit of extra freedom on top. Thank you, sir. So, praying Colby just holds on to this bloke for dear life for, for 25 minutes. If he trades with Leon, I don't know how that's going to go for him. But yeah, I'm just not the biggest Leon fan, to be honest. He says he wants to go to middleweight because there's no good contenders in welterweight. Brother, half the fucking card is welterweight contenders. What are you talking about? There's a bloke on two fights below you who's 17-0 with 17 finishes and wears dead animals on his head after these wins. Okay, there's nothing harder than putting a dead marsupial on your head with the background of your latest opponent I should say, in the background, your latest opponent, completely unconscious. So I'd be going to middleweight too if I was Leon trying to avoid some of the absolute killers at welterweight. But yeah, just a bit of a, just really boring on the microphone, Leon. So I don't like him uh, for that reason and that reason alone. Probably a bit harsh, but at the same time, there's no rules. So that's how I feel. I want Colby to win. I want Colby to win. I want him to hold the strap up. One hand, he's got the strap. The other hand, Donald Trump. Okay, and that is the catalyst for Trump 2024. What a time to be alive. Obviously, I'm joking. Please don't message me. Now, up next, Alexandre Pantoja. I was going to say Alex Pantoja, and then I thought, you white cracker piece of shit, Bill. Say his Brazilian name correctly. Alexandre Pantoja. Versus Brandon Raw Dog Royval. Now, this is another tough fight to pick. I think Pantoja is going to win. I think Pantoja is going to kill him. I was honestly hoping for the Brandon Moreno era of the flyweights, but Pantoja won. Pantoja, it goes under the radar. He's one of the sexier men rolling around the UFC. 
He's very attractive. He actually is not quite as hot now after the absolute war he just had with Moreno. But he's a very attractive man. On the other side of this, you have Brandon Royval, whose nickname is Raw Dog, heavily implying he has unprotected sex regularly. So don't listen to Sportsbet. This is a 50-50 fight. Okay, I'll repeat. This is a 50-50 fight. You've got Pantoja on one side. He's already beaten Roy Val once before. He is an absolute killer. He just beat Brandon Moreno, who is one of the best flyweights of all time. Double check that. I just made that up. But then on the other side of that, you have Brandon Royval, who, like I said, has a pretty electric nickname. So it's going to be a pretty sick fight. I don't know if this will go the distance, to be honest. I think Raw Dog is traditionally finish or be finished. Okay, he lives up to that nickname. So quick and easy, two minutes in and out for the Raw Dog. Uh, on the other hand, Pantoja could, he could be there for 10 rounds. He could drag this kid into hell and drop him off at a bus stop he's not familiar with. So I do think Pantoja is going to kill him. But it should be noted that Pantoja is coming back six months after an absolute war and a half with Moreno. Like, I think he should have got like a longer medical suspension. So, yeah, I do think Pantoja's going to win this. It's so funny, dude. Amir Albazi, another flyweight contender. He beat Kaikara France via robbery, but still beat Kaikara France. And he has to go fight Brandon Moreno in Mexico. All right? That's an away game nobody wants. Conversely, Brandon Raw Dog Royval, he beat Mateus Nicolau, who's like ranked nine and an absolute scrub. But the difference is that Raw Dog loves to trade and he's hilarious on the mic. So there's a lesson to any up-and-coming UFC contenders out there. If you're thinking, hmm, maybe I should continue to work on my wrestling this afternoon or maybe I should just say something freaking hilarious on Instagram and then trade with reckless abandon in my next three fights. That's how you get a title shot, okay? So something to think about there. Up next, what do we have? Wonderboy versus Shavkat Rachmanov. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, a 40-year-old suburban karate teacher versus Shavkat Rachmanov who is 17 and 17-0 with 17 finishes and does not speak English. Jesus Christ, for the love of God, wonder boy, run. Run for your fucking life, brother. There is nothing they teach at your suburban karate gym that will help you against what is to come. Dear God. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, he has a fantastic hairline and a great attitude, and he has seconds to live. Dear God, nice guys finish last. Poor, poor Wonderboy. He is being absolute fed to the Rakaman here, which is actually how I used to pronounce Rakmanov before I heard someone say it correctly. So, yeah, poor Wonderboy. He's been absolutely fed to the scariest man on the planet. Shavkat is from Kazakhstan, which is a country that we don't know a lot about. What is, what is scarier than the unknown? Answer me that. What is scary? Would you rather fight a Swiss guy or a freaking Canadian guy called James Smith? Would you rather fight a guy whose name you can't pronounce from a country you've never heard of? From a country that for a long time you thought was fictional due to the film Borat, okay? You rock up to fight Shavkat Rachmanov. That's also the day you find out that 
Borat was based on a real country? That's a lot to take in, dude. That is a lot to take in. So, yeah, I do think that Shavkat is unfortunately going to kill Wonderboy. I do think Shavkat is reckless enough to stand with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who has some of the most electric stand-up the UFC has ever seen. If Shavkat is dumb enough to do that, which I think he might be, I think he might be. He was trading with Jeff Neal. I think he's going to look at the freaking placid white man across from him and think, why does this high school PE teacher standing across from me right now? He looks lost. I'm going to chin this bloke. I don't need my wrestling. I mean, I pray that happens. If that's the case, there is a 3% chance that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson could crack him. And dude, if Wonderboy defeats Shavkat, he does not get a title shot. He becomes the champion. Strip Leon. Strip Leon before before the main event. If Wonderboy knocks out Shavkat, strip Leon and make Leon versus Colby for the interim title because the undisputed champion just handled his business on the featured fight of the main card. So while I am going for Wonderboy and I wish him the best with his karate school going forward, I do think he has seconds to live and that's unfortunate. Yeah. I was watching the UFC countdown. It's like Wonderboy teaching 13-year-olds in the Midwest karate and then it just cuts to Shavkat who's just punching a tree somewhere in the mountains. It says in the location down the bottom, it says undisclosed. Holy fucking shit, dude. There is nothing harder than not disclosing your location. Nothing. So, whereas Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, guess what it says? Simpsonville, South Carolina. Dude, everyone knows where you live, brother. It says on the street signs like, we're stronger together or some freaking pussy shit like that. There is nothing pussier than a sense of community. Shavkat's in the mountains. His only friend is this tree. He beats the shit out of every day. So, yeah, I don't know. Wonderboy's coach is his dad. Looks like fucking Elvis in a karate outfit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think good things are coming for Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. So, good luck to him and I wish him the best. Up next, we have Paddy the Batty T- Pimblet versus Tony Ferguson. I hate Paddy the Batty. <laughs> and do you know what, dude? I'm, 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 it's the sort of hate where I'm scorned, you know? Like, I used to love Paddy the Batty. I used to be number one Paddy the Batty guy when he first came in to the UFC. Dude, Scouse guy with a ridiculous haircut who loves to trade despite having the worst stand-up the UFC has ever seen and is hilarious on the microphone, sign me up, okay? Sign me up. And then, yeah, he just carried on like a prick, really. He had that horrendous fight with Jared Gordon where it was so boring. He won via robbery in a snooze fest and then called for fight of the night. Brother, fight of the night. Jesus Christ, it was barely a fight. It was barely a fight that took place on this night. And you're saying you won fight of the night. That is ridiculous. And he had Dana White on his podcast and he was like sucking off the boss. He was sucking off the boss saying, I don't know why the other fighters complain about their pay. I get paid heaps. And Dana White's like, that's what I've been saying. And it's like, yeah, Paddy, some of the other fighters get paid much, much, much less than you. 
So that's why they're complaining. Paddy the Batty, who probably gets paid 100000 a fight or something. I've just made that up. Double check it. But imagine a guy who gets paid $100,000 a fight is having to go at you for complaining that you get $12,000 a fight. And it's like, yes, Paddy, I'm complaining because my pay is significantly worse than yours, you scouse piece of shit, okay? So I just think Paddy is a piece of shit, really. He's been humbled beyond belief. He's put up about three Instagram posts this whole year. They've all sucked, okay? I still follow him, but now it's out of spite. And I cannot wait to see this man get chinned. I pray for it. Every night before I go to bed, I say a Hail Mary as sort of an after effect of my Catholic upbringing. I say, I say the Hail Mary. I finish with Amen. Then I pray deeply for the downfall of Paddy the Batty Pimblet. I, I meditate on his downfall. So looking forward to that. Across from Paddy Pimblet is 39-year-old Tony Ferguson, who is on a six-fight losing streak. He is completely washed, more washed than anyone I've ever seen. He just got submitted by Bobby Green, who is on record saying he can't spell jujitsu. So how you get subbed by a black man with skull tattoos who's never gone to the ground in his life is beyond me, just purely through old age. Tony Ferguson is absolutely washed. I repeat, he is absolutely washed. And I dare say he's going to get killed in this fight. I don't want to say it. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to be this guy. Tony Ferguson has been training with David Goggins in the lead up to this fight, which looks fucking cool on an Instagram reel. Them doing this insane physical workouts. You know, I think that's what that's what a 39-year-old man on a six-fight losing streak needed in his camp. Some of the most mind-bending physical workouts that would push a man in his 20s to injury, let alone a washed 39-year-old man with 20 years of mixed martial arts wear and tear on his body. Let's send that guy up a mountain with David Goggins for a week, see how he comes out of that. Apparently, he is the only person to ever finish David Goggins' Hell Week. Hell Week, a lot of people don't realize that Hell Week doesn't actually refer to the training itself. Hell Week refers to the fact that you have to constantly try and keep up a conversation with this absolute psychopath, okay? Try to ask this guy about his wife and he's just screaming at trees. David Goggins should have trained Shovecut. They would have had way more to talk about than Tony and Goggins. But regardless, it should be noted that while David Goggins is extremely hard, yeah, he is extremely hard, David Goggins... Following him on, on Instagram, it's like every morning he walks, he wakes up to get the paper from his mailbox and it's like someone comes up to him and says to his face, you are the softest prick I've ever come across. And David Goggins is like, you motherfucker, I'll show you. And then that's, that's, how, that's what sets him off for his day. Who, who continues to tell David Goggins he's not hard? Because he is hard and we need to leave him alone, Okay. I cannot believe this guy and his energy. It's, it's infectious, there's no doubt. But it should be noted that while David Goggins is extremely hard, he has never actually fought in mixed martial arts before. So apart from, I don't know, I just watched the Ben Robert Smith documentary with the lads downstairs, referring to the horrific war crimes of the SAS. Uh, and I don't know why I've brought that up. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I was going to make a joke and then 
I was trying to think of a war crimes joke and I couldn't really think of anything that was funny enough uh, to warrant needlessly bringing up that touchy subject. So my apologies. I went to the well there, couldn't find anything war crimes related that was really funny enough to justify it. And here we are. But it's kind of like that uh, that Family Guy scene where Brian and Stewie are like training for Brian's law exam or something and they're just like running up mountains and it's like a rocky montage. And then Brian's like, man, we should probably study. We haven't actually done any study. All we've done is work out. And that's kind of how it is with this. It's like, this is great, Tony, that you are in the most insane physical condition known to man. Should work on the fighting at some point. Should work on the fighting. Because, yeah, I don't know if cardio was the issue when you were getting submitted by known gangster Bobby Green who, like I said, has never been to the ground in his UFC career. So, yeah, Paddy Pimlet's going to kill him, but it's going to kill me to watch it. So, that's not great, that one. Anyway, up next. Up next, Ian Gary versus Vincente Luque. Now, the only person I hate more on this earth than Paddy Pimlet is Ian Gary, and it's by a long, long way. Ian Gary is Irish, and I do love the Irish, but this guy is just such a prick. And... There's just a lot of... Basically, he's just really the most arrogant bloke going around. Bit of context. So his last opponent, his last scheduled opponent, Jeff Neal, got done up on a DUI and Ian Gary went to the UFC to watch with Jeff Neal's mugshot on his T-shirt. Okay. So some people would think that could be in poor taste. Honestly, if someone else did that, I could I could find it hilarious. But with Ian Gary doing it, I did find it to be quite childish and offensive. I was offended deeply by that because of who was wearing it. Um, Next up, his opponent who stepped in late notice, Ian Gary wrongly portrayed him as a child abuser. And Neil Magny, uh, the bloke, is now getting divorced and having his basically losing custody of his children because of what Ian Gary said during the press conference. So good on you, Ian. Then it's come out that Ian Gary's wife, who it should be noted, is the hottest chick on the planet. Like, it's not even close. She's so attractive. It's unbelievable. So, fair's fair there with Ian. It's come out she's actually 40. He's 26. He's taken on her ex-husband's name. He's now Ian Machado Gary, right? The ex-husband lives with them in their house. And he's also Ian Gary's nutritionist and has made him vegan. Okay, so imagine this. I always think of this stuff as if, what would I say if Makarov Adzi was doing this? Okay, imagine your best mate, right, comes comes up to you and goes, all right, Bill, what's the goss? You go, not much, mate. What's happening with you? And he goes, right, I'm marrying a 40-year-old woman. I'm 26. She's pregnant. Uh, she's also my manager. So she'll be taking 15% of the scratch on top of what she also spends of my money. Uh, I'm moving to Brazil with her. Her ex-husband is my nutritionist. He's going to be living with us. I'm also taking on his last name. And I'll also not be asking what they're up to when I'm at the gym and they've got the house to themselves. So anyway, mate, what's happening with you? Like, do you know what I mean? Not to mention the nutritionist would be taking fucking 5% off the top as well. So they're taking his money. They're rooting behind his back. That's not come out. I've just made that up, but it's true also. I've just made that up with no evidence whatsoever, but also, it's most likely true. 
and he's just an absolute piece of shit. Um, she wrote a book on how to trap and marry young athletes, while she does maintain, and to be fair to her, was satirical. Right now, it doesn't suit my narrative uh, to talk about the fact that the book was satirical. In my mind, it was serious. She meant every word. So, yeah. lot of drama surrounding Ian Edwards currently. He was kicked out of Leon Edwards' gym for being a prick and filming everything. Uh, he said it was because Leon was scared of him, but it's also the third gym he's been kicked out of. So, it's sort of at the point with Ian Gary where... You know, do I know Ian Gary personally? No. No. I never would want to do that. Have I received enough secondhand information that is completely unverified online that would indicate that he is an absolute cunt? Yes. Yes, I have. So, Ian Gary, um, if it's a decision between him and Paddy Pimblett on who gets chinned, I would have to choose Ian Gary. I dislike him maybe more than anyone on earth, okay? And he's a pelican and his wife is clearly a psycho. So whatever. Not to mention he recently tried. He didn't try. He threatened, I should say. He threatened to sue Sean Strickland, the current undisputed middleweight champion of the world and another one of America's heroes uh, for talking shit about him and his wife. Dude, suing Sean Strickland, that's like me trying to sue that deranged fella at a porto who had a go at me that time. You know, Sean Strickland... He's mentally ill, okay? He's one part CTE, one part guns and American psychosis. He's recording these videos talking shit about Ian Gary while driving his car at 110 miles an hour. That's the speed of freedom, by the way. That's how quickly freedom moves. And uh, and yeah, that's just not how you handle business, if you ask me. On the other side of this, his opponent, Vincente Luque, is old and washed. I reckon Ian Gary is going to win, but it is blood money, okay? It is blood money, but I do think Ian Gary is going to win. All right, up next, this is probably... We're on the prelims now. There's just two prelims I want to highlight. Firstly, my God, she's back. It's Lord of the Rings 3, Return of the King. King Casey O'Neill, Australia's sweetheart, okay? The pride of the East Coast, half Scottish... Half fucking full-on Aussie cunt. Let's have it. King Casey O'Neill is back. She had a loss earlier this year in England. She needs a win. But she did kind of rush back from a knee surgery. She didn't look great in her last fight, which was her first ever loss. Uh, She's young. She's got a crush on me. And I love her. So she's got a big fight coming up against Ariane Lipsky. Double check how to pronounce that. She should win this fight. She's a $1.50 favorite. She's had the time off now. She didn't take a lot of damage in her last fight. She's had probably, what, March to December. So that's nine months off. I think she broke her nose or something earlier in the year. Whatever. Great to see her have the time off. I do think she came back too quickly. Seemed like she was really keen to rush back. And Jennifer Meyer, who she lost to, is a tough opponent. You know, there's no there's no shame in losing to Jennifer Meyer, a former title challenger. And yeah, it would just be good. This is a good comeback fight for the King. Get this under your belt before Chrissy, right? Treat yourself to all the all the trimmings over the break, to the turkey, the stuffing, 
maybe if someone is making a Greek salad, hoe into that. And and then 2024 is a big year for the king. Okay? The king comes out here. She looks good. She beats the fuck out of Ariane Lipsky, maybe 30-27. And then 2024, yeah, top 10 fighters. Look out. Okay? And flyweight is an absolutely red-hot division. You look at the top of flyweight, it's Alexa Grasso, Valentina Shevchenko, and Aaron Blanchfield. I don't like any of those fights for the King. But at the same time, back end of 2024, let's say the King's gone three on the bounce. All of a sudden, I'm saying the King's going to kill those women. So it's a really important fight for the King. Get this under your belt to set up 2024. She looks strong as fuck on Instagram, okay? I do follow her quite closely on the gram uh, for fight updates and that sort of thing. And she looks strong, all right? Her last fight, I was thinking maybe she goes to straw weight because she cuts like two pounds. Honestly, if she loses this, I could see her go to straw weight because I think when you get to the top of the flyweight division, you know, Valentina, dude, Valentina is fucking jacked as shit and she has a gun tattooed to her hip. So do you know what I mean? It's something to think about at the very top end, the physicality of those gals. Um, but yeah, her coach, Eric Nixick, is one of the best coaches going around. Coaches Francis Ngannou, coaches Sean Strickland. Everything is pointing towards a good comeback win for the King here. I'm praying her coach, Eric Nixick, says to her between rounds, this motherfucker is snake charming you, like he said to Sean Strickland during the Israel Adesanya fight. The thing in life is that sometimes motherfuckers are snake charming you. And if you don't have someone in your inner sanctum to point it out, you can be in all sorts of trouble. So go the king. Uh, Do not let this motherfucker snake charm you at all costs. And a big 2024 coming the king's way after this one. Uh, Next up, just to round us out here, Bryce Thug Nasty Mitchell is stepping in on short notice to fight Josh Emmett. Uh, Bryce Mitchell, I hope he wins because he's an absolute kook. He's a Bible nut, which doesn't make him a kook, okay? Everyone is entitled to their religious opinions. Uh, The thing is, he's one of these Bible guys who he's reading Revelations. And let me tell you, when he reads Revelations, it is a fucking revelation, brother. He's reading Revelations like it's uh, an autobiography, okay? He's taking it word for word. He is... Do you know what I mean? He's like one of those guys where when Donald Trump like ties his shoe in a certain way, he's like, Revelations book three, they said, this is the sign. This is the sign of things to come. You know, he's that guy. He's, uh, he's the apocalypse guy, big Armageddon rapture guy, loves the rapture. Uh, he's another guy really skeptical on the earth being round. He, th- he knows it's flat. He gets in, he's pretty much not... <laughs> He's pretty much not allowed to go on MMA podcasts anymore because he gets like so off tap with the flat earth stuff. Uh, He's a big uh, stockpile, your diesel, your ammunition. He's a big that sort of guy. Dude, honestly, if you're saying shit that's too off tap for MMA podcasts, right? MMA, where the head of the company, Dana White, publicly beat his wife this year and there was no punishment for it. If you're saying stuff where people are going, all right, mate, this is a little crazy in the UFC space, you are a confirmed nut. He came out with the Bible in his last fight and was like screaming for Jesus. Um, And it is absolutely fucking hilarious to watch. 
I do think there's a there's a point where conspiracy theories you are sort of marching over into the world of like genuine psychosis. You know, I'm talking your Eddie Bravo red pill shit. And Bryce Mitchell, dude, Bryce Mitchell, psychosis is so far in his back mirror that he, he yeah, he's, he's over the edge, okay? He took the red pill a long time ago. But I would love to see him win just because he'll probably get on the microphone and say some truly insane shit. So looking forward to that. His opponent, Josh Emmett, is a big puncher. I could at the same time see him just knock Bryce clean out uh, because that would be hilarious also. But it's a fantastic fight card. Uh, There's some tips in there. There's definitely some tips in there. It's kind of a hard card to pick, but there's a lot of storylines. And I'm honestly G'd up for this fight, even though I don't really care about either of the main events. So I think that speaks to the quality of some of the pricks on this thing. And yeah, anyway, drunk Christmas episode this Thursday should be good. Do the solo pod, then I'll get rowing on as well. It's all good stuff. Had our first clip from the new studio go up on Instagram the other day and TikTok on that. Give that a look, if not to just admire the editing, editing skills above all else. And yeah, dude, thanks for listening. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now, I'm way too